Hi and welcome to Lead Well, the podcast for you if you want to get better at leading yourself and leading others. This is Christine Schickinger, your host looking into how you can achieve peak performance while keeping a peaceful mind. Today, I want to talk about how to optimize yourself or actually the question, do you need to optimize yourself to be happy? Because to me, when I think about self-optimization, this means that right now I'm not okay because otherwise I wouldn't need to optimize. I found that this is a maybe even destructive thought to say I need to optimize myself because now I'm not the way I want to be or others want me to be. So I think the question could be, what can I do to become better, to actually improve my skills, my capabilities, my capacity, always knowing that I'm okay as I am right now. Maybe I want to change things because I want to make life easier, more agreeable for me. Because while I am okay, the things around may not be. So the question is, what can I do in response to what's going on around me? Maybe I need to change myself, my approach, my habits. And maybe I also can look into my environment. Are there any things that I can change to actually be happier with how things are? Now, when I think about leadership and leading well, I think the first person to look at is myself. What can I do? What can I do to be a better leader? What can I do to actually make my life the best possible life? And of course, we all know about physical fitness and health. I guess you all have gone through some education around what to eat and when to eat and how to eat. And the interesting thing is that when I look around and when even I look at myself, I know what I should eat and I know what would be the best nutrition for my body, but I'm still not doing it. And why is that? Because knowing is only about 20%. Doing, practicing is actually 80%. So the question here is, what can you do to make sure that you stick to what you know is the best thing to do? And there are ways like taking on the identity. So for example, if I'm looking at my cupboard where I store chocolate. And yes, I do store chocolate at home. So the question I can ask myself when I open that cupboard, what kind of person do I want to be? Do I want to be this well-trained, sportive person doing exercise every day, living a healthy life? And if I do, and if I want, I'm getting myself in the shoes of that person and I'm taking on that identity and I'm pretty sure I'm closing down the cupboard again because of course such a person would not have chocolate three times a day. 
So with eating, I think it's not about knowing what to do, but it's literally how can we make sure that we actually do what we know is the good thing. The other element of physical fitness and health, of course, is exercising. And that's the same thing. We all know we should exercise maybe three times a week for 30 minutes at a minimum or 10 minutes a day. It really depends. And you also will see that there are so many different opinions out there of what is the right level of exercise. And again, rather than just thinking what you have to do, I would suggest you also think about the things that you like doing and combine those with exercise. So maybe you like the woods. So why not going into the woods and have a, a long walk there? Maybe you like to ride the bike and why not using that as an exercise? Maybe you don't like exercising at all. In that case, good luck. Well, no, of course, there will always be something. Maybe you like being together with friends and they can encourage you to get moving and do some workout. To me, the most important thing was to realize that whenever there was something that I actually like doing, I want to do it. If I already start saying I must or I shall, I should, that is probably already the prerequisite for failure because my brain immediately says, well, if we must, we don't want and we won't do it. And so as, as well for exercise, I think it's now about knowing that you should do it. It's not about knowing whether it's 30 minutes or 10 minutes or what your pulse level has to be so that you can get fit. I think the doing is what counts there as well. Now, the third element of physical fitness and health, that is something where I think people don't know much about, and that really is sleep. So I have started looking into this area of sleep actually because I was working with horses and sleep deprivation is very prevalent in horses. And while I got interested in the topic, I then started reading material around human sleeplessness and human sleep deprivation. And it's so shocking because we all would need seven to eight hours of sleep every night. And even if you think you're different, I invite you to think twice because Research shows that actually the exception is really rare. So there is a high probability that you are not one of those that need less than the seven or eight hours. The bad thing about getting sleep deprived is that we don't know it. We don't think we are. We can't feel it. Yes, we feel exhausted, but we don't feel how much effect sleep deprivation has on our actions, on our mental state. And I can only invite you to do a little experiment and try sleep a bit more for a few days and see how your whole state will change. And um, I will certainly dedicate another episode to sleep deprivation and sleep overall, because I felt that this is 
such an important subject. These days we have so many cases of people who actually are sleep deprived on an ongoing basis because we all think we can get along with six hours of sleep per night and this is just not the case. And I will share some really interesting numbers with you. But for now, just an invitation to put more emphasis on your sleep quality and sleep quantity just to try out. I'm always a fan of trying things out. So try out what it does to you when you pay more attention to the length of your sleep at night. Now, the other area when we talk about leading yourself is mental fitness and mental health. And of course, this is a very important subject because when we look at the numbers out there, for example, in Germany, 20% of the population going through a depression at the moment. So it's very probable that you know someone who is currently going through that state. If it's you, please do reach out to your physicians for help because there is help out there. And the other number that I have um, recently learned is that 75% of people who are actually having an episode of depression are not being supported. And there are methods, there are tools, techniques, and also medication out there to help you. So please, if you are one of those or you know someone who is affected, please tell them to reach out for help. Because if we come across someone with a broken arm or broken leg, we would not wait before we ask them how they are and how things are going. But if we come across someone with, let me use that analogy, a broken mind, a broken heart, we sometimes or we often have a reluctance to talk to them. We think we cannot talk to them. But if you think about it, it's, it's pretty similar. It's pretty much the same. There is even research that shows that as we are talking about psychosomatic illness, which is the body being in pain because of a mental cause, I think we could also craft the term somatopsychic because latest research has shown that there are people where body malfunction is resulting in mental states, in mental illness. So like some people would get a headache as a result of malnutrition and some might get a depression. I think it's time to destigmatize mental health. And one way of thinking about it and one way of doing it when you're talking to others is actually talk about mental fitness rather than health because everyone is going to the gym these days. And so it's so much easier to talk about the fitness. This is why I will also use this terminology more frequently than talking about mental health. So to lead yourself, we will also look into your purpose because having a purpose in life, having a vision, having a North Star that you're working towards, that you're walking towards is very, very important to make you happy in the current moment. And to lead well, of course, you also need 
some structure and some leadership tools, how to communicate, how to provide feedback to others, how to have a conversation when there is a conflict, and also how to be a role model in time management, how to make sure that you use your time in the best possible way. All of that is part of leading well yourself and then, of course, also others. But I'm really convinced that to lead others, you need to go first. You need to be the role model. You need to be well to then be able to also lead your team because your team will look at you. It's like your children look at you as a parent. They are not listening to what you're saying if your actions are different. So they will observe what you're doing and will probably mimic that. And the very, very same is true for your team. So your team, yes, they listen to what you're saying, but if you're telling them that they should pay attention to their health and not to send email in the middle of the night and you're doing exactly that, well then, guess what's more important, your words or your actions? This is why I strongly believe that leading yourself and becoming a great leader for yourself is a prerequisite to be a great leader for others as well. So for today, what I want to leave you with is another little exercise that can help you to focus on yourself, focus on your mental fitness, focus on your thoughts, making sure that your thoughts are slowing down. Because that is a prerequisite in my eyes to be able to transform your life, to be a great leader for yourself, to control your mind, to control your thoughts, to only think when you want to think and to stop your thoughts if you want to stop them. One little exercise for that is something that we will do together now. So wherever you are, if you have a pen with you, then that's fantastic. If you don't have a pen, you can take any other object that is in your sight. So pick your pen and have a really close look at it. So follow the form of it very closely with your eyes as if you wanted to paint it. Have a very close look at the surface texture. Where do you see light? Where is the shadow? Look at it very, very closely, very attentively. Again, as if you would draw it with your eyes. Now, this is a very helpful exercise that you can do wherever you are. One client of mine is a very reactive person, so she will get mad at others pretty quickly. And she told me, Christine, this little exercise really changed my life. Because in a recent interaction, she was standing with two people who were interacting with each other and she said that previously the way her colleague was reacting would already have driven her mad. But this time she had a pen in her hand, she looked at the pen and she actually started smiling and didn't say a word. And she said this really saved her a lot of trouble and a lot of conflict. So sometimes it's just little things like that that can make your life easier. So thank you for today and may you always lead well yourself and others. This was Lead Well, 
Now, what is the one thing that you're taking away from this episode? Please share in the comments below and do share the podcast with your friends and family, but only if you like it.